Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast podcast where it is Stat Nerd Thursday. That means I, Matt Harmon, today am joined by my fellow Stat Nerd, Dalton Del Don. Before we get into that, first we got to run through some pre-show business. Look, there's a lot going on in the NFL this year and fantasy is hard to figure out. That's why you need to sign up for Yahoo Fantasy Plus. The Trade Hub can help you find a trade partner in your league and get your roster back on track. The Research Assistant will help you optimize your lineup, and Andy Barron's weekly newsletter will provide you with the insight you need to get back in the W column. You can do all this with a free trial at yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus. Dalton, we love the Trade Hub. We don't love the news that we're going to start off with today before we get into all of our stats. I actually do have a stat that goes along uh, with this particular piece of news, but there was a, a just kind of came through the wire before we started recording that James White is actually going to be out for the season. Uh, it was not a good looking injury that happened in week three. It's a hip situation. So he's off the board now. And I think this is kind of a huge loss for the Patriots. Like, from a fantasy angle, we know he's just kind of a PPR floor play every single year, and, and he actually looked like he was getting back up to that standard uh, prior to this injury, whereas 2020 wasn't a great year. But yeah, so far, James White, um, what is your reaction to this? I think last week was the first and only time I recommended James White. Uh, even in DFS, I like the setup with the Saints. You can't run against them, and all Mac Jones does is uh, dump it off. So natu- yeah. naturally, he suffers a season-ending uh, catastrophic hip injury, but uh, so it goes. Um, yeah, it sucks for him. Uh, 29 years old, I believe. So not ideal. Damian Harris blew blocking assignments bad and they had to you know, take him off the field. I love Harris. You know, he's really good with the football Me too. in yeah. his hands, but not unlike my other guy, Ronald Jones, the little parts of the game seem to escape him. So I think Ramondre Stevenson, who was impressive in the preseason, and even though he's big, reportedly and an adequate uh, pass catcher. I think he should be added in deeper fantasy leagues. Um, I mean, Brandon Bolden's so boring there too, but it looks, I mean, he oh, could yeah. be the, the, you know, the, the option, but obviously the big problem there's Mac Jones, a rookie quarterbacks are one in 10, I believe to open the year. And the only win came when they faced each other. So someone had to win that game. Um, so it's been ugly. The offense isn't great. Um, and we'll talk more about Jacoby Myers later, but uh, unfortunate news for, for uh, James White needs to be dropped. Obviously he's a PPR asset and uh, yeah, that's backfield. is kind of a mess right now. Yeah, James White had a 12% target share um on with this team overall. It's it's a, it's a brutal it's a brutal break cuz they he's kind of important to the style of football I think they need to play. 
Um, yeah, we'll talk about actually, let's just talk Jacoby Myers now and he's going to come up in our first stat, but, um, just cause we're on the Patriots as, as a whole, I actually kind of feel in a way Dalton that they're sort of in the middle of an identity crisis. And what I mean by that is that from a, team standpoint heading into this year you know they still have despite the fact that they add like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and these two tight ends like they make all these big kind of flashy ish additions in the skill position room the bones of their roster left over from 2019 and even 2020 is basically set up to play bully ball but their defense is is good, but it's not the 2019 levels of good where they're going to be scoring points on their own. So that that's that's part of the problem. They're like we see as last week is perfect evidence that when they get into a situation when they're trailing, you know that obviously goes out the window. That whole bully ball approach, and I also think that running this sort of like two tight end set or whatever, it's not really conducive to Mac Jones' strength either because he needs to be like. Quick release, get the ball out, RPOs, like quick strike passing. And the offensive line isn't playing up to standard either. I think that's been a huge problem. They're 27th, I believe, in uh, Football Outsiders adjusted line yards, which is sort of trying to isolate run blocking from everything else. Their right tackle position with Trent Brown has been a huge problem. Um, from the fallout of the James White injury could actually be good news for Jacoby Myers, who has seen all of the volume that you'd want. He could actually see he's probably the only guy here that I think you could project for a target increase because you mentioned the running backs out there. I don't think they have anybody that can step into the James White role. Like, I don't think that J.J. Taylor would probably be the best theoretical fit. Maybe Stevenson could be that guy, but he's also a player that has been a healthy scratch because he's screwed up in pass protection situations or in week one. So I, I think that Myers, who is already kind of on the buy low radar for me, could be the sneaky winner from this whole James White thing. Oh, I totally agree with that. He saw 14 targets last week. I think that's no coincidence. He will continue to see the looks. I believe it was Mike Clay who tweeted the stat. Um, no wide receiver uh, in yes. NFL history had 52 catches without uh, without a reception. He has twice that many, literally twice that many, 104 career ca- catches without a touchdown. But obviously he's going to score one of these times. And in PPR, I mean, he's just, he's going to see all those those underneath looks. So, yeah, this is a boost for Jacoby Myers, James White going down. I agree with you. Yeah, I just think it would behoove them to boost the tempo up, you know, like play play a little bit faster. I don't off offhand know exactly where they are in terms of pace of play, but it, to me it seems like they should maybe try to inch even farther back in the um in the Patriots catalog of offenses when they were first playing with a lot of tempo and everything like that and get the ball out quick on slants and digs to Jacoby Myers. Cause I think Myers is a really good player. Like I think he's earning the targets that he is getting. They're not coming. Whereas like last year or whatever, people could make the argument. Well, no one else is there. Well, there's plenty of guys there right now, but Jacoby Myers is the one getting the volume. So Myers to me is definitely a buy low and I'm just kind of, Obviously, we know the big matchup on Sunday with Brady coming. I don't know if you heard this, Dalton, but mm-hmm. Tom Brady's making his return to New England on Sunday. It's a pretty pretty under-the-radar storyline here in the NFL universe right now. But, yeah, I, I, I this is going to be a big test for them because you can't, like, hide from the Tom Brady Bucks. You know, you can't, like, play bully ball against the Bucks defense. What They're going to have to come up with something different on offense if they even stand a chance. Like The Bucks right now are, are six and a half road favorites going to New England. That seems too low. Like I think they could smoke this Patriots team just based on where they both are in their trajectory right now. 
Yeah, Brady coming off a loss. It feel maybe it is a, a square pick, but I uh, I do stat picks where I pick every game gets a spread. Um, and and I went with this is my best bet of the week with a with the Bucks. Oh, yeah. I just by the by the narrative is Brady. You know he wants to lay it on Belichick and company. And coming off a loss last week, um, I, I just feel like the personnel. He has the roster too. This New England team is not as good as I thought they were going to be. With Mac Jones is clearly not ready. But I mean, you know, Belichick actually knows. He actually Belichick came out and said that Brady's running the exact same offense. And we saw how that worked, you know, in the Super Bowl with Gruden and the Bucks and the Raiders. So maybe there'll be some of that, but I'm not personally expecting it. I'm expecting Brady to lay it on. And, that, you know, some, you know, that backdoor cover, I don't know, man. I think he's going to really just try to pile on the points and, and throw. He's just throwing the ball so much inside the 10. You just love that as a fantasy guy if you have Brady, too. They just refuse to run the ball down there. So yeah. <laughs> I expect a big, big performance from him and the Bucks. And yeah, I'm with you. Again, that's probably the sucker side, the square side, but I would lay the points there and just ex- expect the Bucks to roll. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Bucks right now are number one in uh, neutral situation passing rate as a whole. Like, it's not just even in the red zone. They refuse to run the ball anywhere on the field, and I totally get it from just a personnel standpoint why they would want to continue to throw. And they stopped running on first and 10, too. They kept running on first and 10 last year. Yeah. They're not, and they're letting Brady cook. And, I mean, now Antonio Brown's going to be back. I mean, yeah, that, that team's loaded. Yeah, it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a bit of a tough scene there on Sunday. We're going to hype this matchup up, but, I, I mean, from every angle other than, like, the um, – the Belichick knows Brady and maybe knows what like is going to make him tick or whatever. Every other angle would spell like, yeah, this should be a Bucks blowout. Um, wasn't Bucks versus Patriots wasn't even on the on the outline, but we ended up there anyways. As I feel like most people will this week. This is again, well, this- I mean, it's just so fitting that he's going to break the record too, Brady. I mean, yeah, one of the NFL I mean, schedule yeah. makers like outline that you know did that on purpose or whatever, but it's almost just too perfect, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, listen. I was gonna. This was the point I was gonna make to you and our producer prior to us taping. Was like, in one way, you can be cynical as like a a football observer and be like, I don't care about the storyline. It's overplayed. Blah blah blah. But like, why else would you be a sports fan if not to um, be ex- like gassed up about the greatest player in the sport, greatest player in the history of the sport, the most decorated player in the history of the sport, going back to where it all happened. while he's still basically playing in his prime like Brady's having one of his best seasons ever at 40 freaking whatever so I mean if you're like 50 touchdowns at 44 he might throw 50 touchdowns at age 44 he might throw 50 damn touchdowns at at 44 like if I don't know if, if that doesn't like gas you up like why why bother why bother being a football fan I don't know but that's my that's my uh that's my weird little take on that all right much more exciting news (laughs) Marlon Max on the trade block. Do you care at all? Um, no, I can see my 49ers getting interested, but uh, no. Oh my I God. Guess even John, right before we started recording this, Jonathan Taylor mispracticed with a knee injury. I'm yeah. assuming that's not serious, but um, no, this simply really moved around. I mean, coming off a torn Achilles, he was, you know, running behind Wilkins in, in in summer. So, no, this doesn't really move the radar for me other than just that the Colts situation is a total mess right now. Yeah, it's tough for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he is. He's the perfect evidence right now that as talented as any running back can be, if you're on a bad team, you're gonna and, and you're a, or you don't have access to a high end receiving workload and like I mean, <laughs> Naheem Hines ain't getting traded, you know, like so that that receiving work is never gonna open up for Jonathan Taylor. So more fantasy points outscoring Jonathan Taylor in PPR leagues, man, Hines. It's not, and that's not gonna change, right? And, and especially if this team continues to go into the tank and like. I don't know if enough people are thinking about this, but like as as this thing continues to go south and the Colts are 0 and 3. I know there's an extra game this year, but like the Colts are probably banged, right? Like I don't see them digging their way out of this hole and suddenly becoming a good team. Maybe they can be 
an average team, like a, a, a eight and nine or whatever team, whatever it is these days, eight and nine team or something like that. But they're not going to suddenly become a strong contending team. I don't, I don't think that's in the cards. The offensive line is started to fall apart. And I mean, I, I think that that's something that we should be more aware of going forward that like, yeah, just because an offensive line has been great for three years, it's hard to sustain it for five years, six years, whatever, you know, we're, we're in the point when things happen and, and it was just such an integral part to this whole Carson Wentz revival thing that, you know, now I think we're looking at, um, there, I don't know if enough people are thinking about this, but they're at some point going to have an incentive to not even play Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, I'm sure, is going to want to play because, you know, if they if he hits that, what is it, 75% of the snaps, then the third round pick becomes a second round pick. And you can better believe that once the Colts are in a point where, no, we're not going to contend this year, they're going to start thinking about draft picks. And only counter I'll throw at you, Matt, is just that that division is winnable. I mean, Tennessee's in true. trouble. Both the receivers are banged up. I mean, Tennessee probably is going to still, I mean, they're still the heavy favorites by default. But yeah, that's, that's my true. only counter, I would say, is this that division's wide open. But, man, I'm not going to uh, push back anything else. Quentin Nelson, looks like he's going to miss some time. Carson Wentz is getting, I believe, 6.5 YPA. When Phillip Rivers gave him 7.7 last year, and he's already nearly uh, halfway to the amount of sacks that Rivers took all of last season <laughs> on the Colts. I mean, he is just, it is a QB stat. Uh, wow. And, man, and Wentz is just failing again. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not great. It's, it really is. Like only only positivity I can give you is just the rest of their division stinks. Also, I didn't realize that Carson Wentz is halfway to the amount of sacks that Philip Rivers yeah, is taking. Not quite. I mean, yeah, 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 that is unbelievable. We're three games in, and he's not even he didn't even play the full uh, week two game. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he's taken eight, he took eight sacks, and all of last year Rivers took nineteen. He took an eight already. Oh my god! Yeah, if you ever wanted proof that uh, sacks are a quarterback stat, just look at Carson Wentz. Like that's basically all the proof you need. Um, yeah, no, I think the only reason that the Marlon Mack thing would interest me is maybe he goes to Baltimore or something like that. Because I kind of think Marlon Mack is good, but he's coming off a major injury, and yeah, this does nothing to move any needles in the Colts backfield at all. If and when he leaves, although maybe it's a showcase game for Marlon Mack. If, uh, if Jonathan Taylor for were, were to miss week four, um, but yeah, great. Then you get to showcase yourself in the same offense that JT is kind of running into a wall there too. Uh, last thing on the news, uh, before we get into the meat of the show, chiefs signed Josh Gordon, Dalton Del Don. I'm sure you don't have like a, I don't know. You, you are one for aggressive takes sometimes. So maybe you think Josh Gordon's a top 10 receiver for the rest of the season. I tend to <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> I tend to tend, tend to doubt it. But what was your immediate like reaction? I, I don't want to know your like fantasy reaction. I want to know your immediate reaction. Like, was it somewhere between, Oh, good for Josh Gordon. Or for me, it was, you know, the gif of, I tweeted this out, the grand theft auto San Andreas gif when, uh, CJ's walking down. I don't know if you ever played San Andreas, but anybody out there, you know, you know the meme I'm talking about when CJ's walking down the alley, like, ah, oh, here we go again. That was my reaction. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. That would have been me a few years ago. I would have been hyping him, saying he is top ten upside moving forward. Man, it's been a long time me since too. he's been relevant. My my first reaction was absolutely happy for the guy. I'm rooting for Josh Gordon nonstop, and I and it's it's great to see that he's doing well and what a situation to land in. My second reaction was just you know personal, and I'm like ah, kind of an indictment on Michael Hardman, who I have a lot of him. So, yeah. uh, but no, good good for Josh Gordon in a great situation. It's going to take a few weeks, but as far as fantasy terms, I'm personally not adding him or rushing out to add. 
got him. I'm yeah. not sure if you're in a deep enough league, whatever, find a stash. I mean, obviously the guy, the numbers he put up were astronomical. I think he missed two games and still led the league in touchdowns with like the worst QBs throwing to him. Like he was sick as can be yeah. at one stage of his career, but that's a whole lifetime ago. And, you know, the, the fantasy, the, the, the chance of him being fantasy relevant is still a long shot at this point. I mean, this is the only situation he could have landed in where it would be, you know, remotely interesting, right? Like if he had landed with any other team, I don't think anybody cares. But but the fact that he's a pass catcher with a resume playing in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, like that is enough to sure. enough to like get you to raise an eyebrow. But I agree, like didn't add him anywhere. Wouldn't advise. I would advise like anybody on on Josh Gordon, like. Do whatever you want with that one, man. Like, if you want to go down that road, go down that road. That's fine. But I, I tend to – I mean, he's not going to play this week. I think Andy Reid already said he's, right. he's not going to play this week. It's going to take some time for him to get ramped up. Uh, it's been quite some time since we've seen Josh Gordon actually play football. So we'll see what happens there. But let's move into uh, the meat of our show, the stats that we talk about every single week here on the Thursday show. I thought this was interesting. I posted about this on Twitter. Dalton, right now there have been 15 wide receivers through three weeks who have seen 28-plus targets. Most of them are obviously producing a lot, but the following are not among the top 25 current receivers in fantasy. Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Chase Claypool, Calvin Ridley, Jacoby Myers, who we just talked about, and Michael Pittman, who we just talked about the Colts there a little bit. Does anyone stand out on this list as like, okay, this guy I think is a clear buy? Does anyone stand out here that's like, ah, I don't care about the volume. Forget it. I'm out on this in, as a total. Diggs is a clear buy. Uh, Ridley, I'm very worried about. I think I ranked him number two uh, behind Devontae Adams entering the year. I was really, I just got Arthur Smith so, so wrong with Pitts too. And it's not, I mean, it's tangible. Uh, Matt Ryan's area, average depth of target has gone from nine to like five. I mean, it's, it's insane. Yeah. So I worry about Ridley. Obviously he will be better, but man, he's he's putting up poor stats, even with a bunch of two wide receiver sets. Uh, Chase Claypool, very interesting to me, especially if Ju- but Juju is back, makes him slightly less uh, desirable. Man, he saw the 15 targets last week with with you know, the injuries in Pittsburgh. And then finally, Michael Pittman ranks eighth in my stat whopper, the weighted opportunity rating, you know, yep. kind of a mixture of air yards and a, a share of teams targets. He's eighth in the league this year, Pittman. So he's just clearly emerged at the alpha in Indy. But how could you be overly confident, you know, with Wentz throwing there? But no, I, but I will say I'm buying Pittman, man, even with the shaky quarterback situation, you got to like him as like a top 30 type fantasy receiver. I'm ranking him given that type of, uh, you know, that target share. 12 targets in back-to-back games. I think he is, I thought he was underdrafted this past year. And like, he's already basically paying back where you, where you drafted him. The fact that he's given you a couple of decent games back-to-back. I think he's like almost a top 30 receiver rest of season going forward just because of the volume that's going to be there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we're in lockstep there basically like, and again, the division is not good. He's going to get another matchup with the Titans. Uh, He got one last week and still saw 12 targets and, you know, Carson Wentz out there with two busted ankles, like boots on each feet or whatever. God, what a mess. I don't know know why the Colts thought like this was what we got. This was our solution at quarterback. Like, this already looks like they're just going to have wasted an entire season. And it's only week three. I know. I know. I know. And they get the Texans in Jacksonville, too. You know, I mean, yeah, I know the schedule is yeah. good. And there's no one else emerging there at all. Paris Campbell, speaking of Achilles, you know, unable to return for their former self. Yeah. Jack Doyle's even banged up and they're running. You know, Taylor's banged up. So I think Pittman's just going to be, you know, I mean, this version of Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's just going to be it's going to be maybe the target. Yep. The, the quality is going to be ugly. But, man, you just love that target share. I think. Top, I think top 30 is pretty safe to say Pittman moving forward. 
Yep, and he's a good player too. I think he's I think he is earning yeah, those targets too. above everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a yeah. he's a guy I, I really like. Um, Myers, we mentioned. I think we're both in on buying low on Jacoby Myers, especially because they're not going to be able to play this like ultra conservative way that they wanted to play. He's going to get targets from James White. You mentioned Chase Claypool. I forget it. I mean, for, I don't. I think Chase Claypool's yeah, cooked know. because because Ben's cooked. I know. You know, like fifteen targets and he only gets sub a hundred yards. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. What? How happy? But how? What about Najee? If you're in a PPR league, though, I mean, that guy might get an incredible. Well, I'll, I take it back because my prediction is big. But over under Big Ben uh, amount of games left in him, man. I, I say three and a half. Well, okay, you say games left in him. You mean games that he plays the rest of the way? Because yes. he has, yeah, he has like, he has like negative 10. Ne- games left in him is like negative 10, Dalton. Yeah, I know. I know. But I think he's going to come up with an injury, whatever it's going to, whatever yeah, the yeah. reason's going to be. He's, 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 I, I might even be exa- too, too generous on the three and a half. I mean, it, it's ugly, man. It does. I mean, did you, you see that? Did you see Steven Ruiz? Uh, exactly. Put- I, was just, I was asking, yes, the uh, brilliant Twitter thing. Everyone should watch the video. It's awesome. Played, I forget the music in the background fitting and it's uh yeah it's a joke man it doesn't look like modern yeah. day football it looks like no. a, a comedy act it's embarrassing for ben too like you're you're literal franchise legend and i don't know it's it's as bad as you get i think that obviously Najee's gonna moonwalk into an rb1 season because he's <laughs> he's a great talented player and he's gonna get all the volume but god i mean also i don't really take too much out of the 19 targets from this past week. He's going to continue to get good passing volume, but I think a lot of that is because Ben needs a binky receiver and his usual binky and receiver, Juju Deontay left. Johnson, yeah. was, and Juju and Deontay and Juju were both left. out in there. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, b- both of his little binky receivers were gone there, so I don't know, man. I, I, I Najee's got, like I said, he's going to get there on volume. I think Deontay will get there on volume when he plays, but like Chase Claypool is the vertical receiver, the third guy in terms of routes run normally when all three are healthy. Yeah, that's, it's not, it's, it's a, how we're going to, how bad is going to be looking back at uh, into this year and be like, wait, the Steelers beat the bills week one. Wait, what? Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. That hap- no, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. There's always one of those weird like week one results that just seem insane. I, I could I can't remember any from last year, but you know there's always one or two where you're just like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. And um, totally. yeah, that is definitely going to be one of them. Chase Claypool, I mean, not, he's still going to end up, you know, he's like a top forty receiver. But any hope of like a breakout season is is for like just forget it. Obviously, Diggs and uh, Diggs is a buy. I think we both agree on that. Like I think him and Josh Allen have only connected on one pass of fifteen plus air yards so far this year. That's going to correct itself at some point. If you can get him for a disc, who would you rather ha- like? Who would you rather have straight up right now? Uh, Najee Harris or Stefan Diggs? Like if so- if you had Najee Harris and somebody offered you Stefan Diggs for him, who would you take? Wow, that's a great question. And I'm totally oh, not asking. So I'm totally not asking you that because somebody texted me that an hour ago. <laughs> I mean, that's a great question because running back is so thin, you know. But yeah, Diggs is. I mean, we saw just Emmanuel Sanders cash in. They're throwing the ball so much. Sanders, uh, what's going to be? What Mason Rudolph's going to be quarterback soon? I guess Diggs. Diggs is safer, I guess. And full PPR yeah. Diggs. Like, but I mean, full PPR helps Najee too. I guess. I guess Diggs. What was your answer? I mean, it's close to me. I I've been waiting to ask you. I didn't text him back because I'm waiting for you to tell me. No, I don't know. I think I think I would take if it's Najee Najee plus a piece. I think I'd stay with the two. Like, uh, but but if it's Najee Diggs straight up, I think I'd go with Diggs. So that's kind of that's the thought I guess there. So it's tough, man. It's tough for for uh, for Najee right now. Ridley though, Ridley was the toughest one here. 
I still think Ridley's a top 10 receiver the rest of the season, but I don't think I had him at four. You had him at two going into the year. I don't think he has that upside anymore because this offense stinks. And Arthur Smith, I mean, he's got doing like the I don't do you watch Ted Lasso at all the show? I do. I do. What yeah. is it now that he's got the believe? I don't know that I didn't. Right. I never seen an right. episode of Ted Lasso. So I but I think I, yeah. ga- I guess that's from the from the show. Sure. sure. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. I can't get anything further. It's more of a background show for me. But yes, that's that's right. Yes. Got it. Yeah. But that's a bad sign. <laughs> I don't know. For me, I'm like, he's already uh, reduced to bi- doing bits from TV shows. And um, this offense just looks like the Titans offense, you know, like Kyle Pitts is playing. They drafted this guy fourth overall to be Jonu Smith. What are we doing? What are we doing here? You know, the whole offense is like designed to get gadget touches to 30 year old Cordero Patterson. But man, like Ridley's so good. And and the fact that they don't have a ton of receiving talent there, you know, the volume is good. Like he can still probably push for top 10 in targets the rest of the way. Yeah, I hear you about being a top 10 guy is safe there, but there's no longer the upside of being the number one, which I absolutely yeah. thought he had. Moving, I thought the play action Arthur Smith ran at Tennessee was going to open things up. No Julio, indoors. Ryan, I thought, had some gas left in the tank, um, but it's just not worked out that way. It's all underneath stuff. He's made some weird decisions on fourth down and then uh, a, a couple minutes. You know, he, he wouldn't sneak Ryan on fourth and a foot, but then fourth and two, he ran a sneak later in a worse field position. So, these guys who are coordinators sometimes, it's just so, I mean, man, my, my guy Shanahan making some boneheaded plays, uh, calls. I don't know. The coordinators don't always translate to the, to the game managing skills. Um, and yeah. he's obviously off to a real, uh, a, a shaky start in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley's been a big, big, big sufferer from it, man. And that's, he's more like, uh, in between, uh, you know, high end wide receiver too, than the guy you thought you were getting. That's unfortunate. And hopefully I'm wrong. And, and then just the targets come, but it's just the, the lack of, uh, of any downfield stuff. I mean, it's not just bad luck, you know, regression. Uh, they're going to have to fundamentally ch- change their play calling for him to be uh, unleashed. I think that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem too, is that they can't pass protect. Like there's the, the fact that Ryan's back there as a sitting duck that's a problem for this for this juncture of his career learning a whole other offense you know it did take him a year to get comfortable in Kyle Shanahan's offense and this offense should theoretically have some of the same bones to it but it's still it's still different you know i think the next two games are going to be a huge test for Calvin Ridley and this whole uh, Atlanta Falcons team they get Washington this week and then they get the Jets next week obviously i think the Jets they should if they don't roll in that game, ooh, ooh, that's that's not good. I think they rank dead last in offense DVOA. Last, 32, I, I think. Atlanta's offense. I mean, that's that's not ideal. No, no, you're correct, Dalton. It's not ideal. Uh, but, like, Washington, I had this note on the outline, too, so we, I guess we can kind of talk about them right now because this is sort of like a um, – the this juncture of the season, week four, you know, you really have to have a stand on – what 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 we've seen so far like what's truth like what is the reality and what is just kind of like a three-week fluke and I think Washington's defense is a great example they're tied with Detroit the Lions of Detroit the the one of the worst defenses they're tied with Detroit for the most 15 plus air yard completions allowed um so if the damn Falcons can't air it out against that Washington defense that's been that bad so far that's a problem, but Washington's defense was supposed to be, you know, a great unit, like a, a bunch of ass kickers up front. It has been anything but. So do you think that is more fluke or more uh, more reality than fluke? Because I think like if you're considering, 
I was trying to do it last week, you know, buying low on, on Calvin Ridley in, in daily fantasy. And, and, you know, obviously Kyle Pitts, it was a total nightmare. Ridley didn't have that good of a game either. Just kind of a whatever contest. So I guess that's one, like, if you want to be contrarian with Calvin Ridley in, in fantasy, this is, would sort of be the week to do it, but that would also mean that you're taking the stand that Washington's defense is actually just not as good as it we thought. So I'm not going to give credit because I forgot who it was, but someone tweeted with a better visual representation than I'm going to say here. But oftentimes when defenses, quote unquote, regress, it's, it's just the simple factor of uh, the, their opponent's quarterbacks regressing. And, and last year, Washington had this like crazy long stretch of facing backups and, and hurt QBs and just That's bad true. QBs. And this year's it's kind of been the opposite. So, I mean, it's probably the, the truth lies, you know, somewhere in between with them. I mean, I think Chase Young will get going and they made, they made some additions to the secondary. But also defense, just year to year, it's, it's, it's less sticky. It's hard to predict total units. Yeah. You know, there's so many moving parts. That's why the teams that, that are good year in and year out in the NFL, there's only a handful of them and they all have star quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I think I ranked Washington second or something. I was a believer. I thought they were going to be elite. And uh, I think it's uh, clear that uh, we, we all just overrated them a bit moving, going into the year. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of changes with Washington. Well, funny, you, you mentioned like the whole run of backup quarterbacks. New England, I mentioned their defense earlier, the 2019 year. That was when they just like feast. They were still a good defense overall, but they were like, ungodly otherworldly good in the first like half of the season because they were running against a bunch of backup quarterbacks and they were I think literally scoring more points than some offenses during during that time Uh, it was like an insane run if you had the Patriots defense in in your fantasy league you were you were soaring you were flying because of that but uh, yeah obviously defense is not as sticky year to year Um, has the fact that they're not good on defense changed your projections for the Washington offense at all because that's been kind of a weird one week to week you know obviously Taylor Heineke has the huge week week one Fitz gets hurt, Heineke comes in cold, whatever. Week two, Heineke's like throwing the ball downfield. He's aggressive. You know, Terry McLaurin eats. Uh, JD McKissick is in there all weirdly. Then obviously things got pretty bad pretty quickly against the Bills, uh, but Heineke still, you know, made some plays, had a bunch of dumb turnovers. He's going to do that, but uh, made some plays. And then Antonio Gibson pops up for a huge like screen pass, but that was about it from the offense perspective, too. Yeah, that Bills defense is playing really well this season. Gibson had an eventful two targets. He turned one into arguably the highlight of the day on that 70-yard-plus TD, and then he dropped an easy other would-be walk-in touchdown, too. Behind Nicky looking like Fitzpatrick, you know, making some some bad turnovers but throwing downfield, so nothing nothing wrong with that in fantasy. Uh, again, that was a tough matchup with the Bills, and as long as you're feeding Scary Terry, I'm happy. Logan Thomas is not getting quite the volume uh, that he was t- down the stretch at the end of last year. Um, maybe something to note, especially with... You know, no, you know, no Curtis Samuel either. I kind of expected heavier, heavier volume from both Gibson and Logan Thomas with, with Samuel down. I know. Yeah, that has like that has not materialized at all to this point. And I don't know what Samuel's deal is, like when or if he will come back off IR, but we'll see. Oh, that does remind me Rashad Bateman activated off IR today. Um, where, where are you kind of at with him in terms of what? What type of leagues would you add him? I'm a big fan of him as a prospect. Uh, where are you at with Rashad Bateman? Oh, uh, man, my buddy and I are in this big uh, survivor buy-in league, and he talked me into going, uh, talked us into the Ravens last week. So where I am at is Marquise Brown uh, <laughs> drops a few balls here and there, and there might be a wide-open spot for Bateman to step in. Man, Hollywood. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't uh, know. I think that first drop they called might have been tipped before, so I'm only going to say two drop wide open touchdowns. But, you know, you squint, you could even say three. But anyway, Bateman, people loved him. You know, the Rotoviz group, I believe, was really high on him, and they, they know prospects far more than me. So he's a- absolutely should be stashed in all competitive leagues. Lamar Jackson's awesome, man. He's out there I mean, he looks swinging great. the ball. Dude, Lamar Jackson's oh so, so good. I mean, just again, like, you know how many yards were left on the field last week? His numbers would look even better. But the man's awesome. He's uh, he's, he's fantastic. And I think, um, yeah, Bateman's uh, someone to stash. I mean, Sammy Watkins is still there, too. But um, but Bateman's definitely interesting uh, moving forward. They don't run the ball. I mean, they don't they don't have a running back they trust either. I mean, that helps those receivers. Yeah, that's what's interesting, too, is like Tyson Williams was kind of cooking and then they just completely removed him from the game plan. But like, it's pretty clear that they don't have a back that they want to give, you know, the full workload to like they're not going to give they're not going to give any of these guys. um, They're not going to give any of these guys a full workload. It's just not going to happen for for any of these Baltimore backs. And like, I think Latavius Murray's cooked. I think Devonta Freeman's cooked, but. Um, they're going to switch these guys around because uh, Tyson Williams, while he's explosive, he's, you know, he's six, I think, right now in yards after contact. Uh, per One carry. touch first half. One touch in the first half, I believe. Yeah. In a great spot, too. You know, he was, a, yeah. I used him in totally. DFS only 18 bucks last week against the Lions defense that can't stop the run. So that was unexpected. But yeah, Lamar Jackson right now, he's 2.8% of his passes completed above expectation. For Lamar, that's pretty good. For Lamar, that's that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's balling out there right now. And obviously, you got to make some <laughs> some Hollywood Brown adjustments there uh, on, on those. And the thing with the thing with Marquise Brown, too, is he's definitely a mistake prone player. He's not very good at tracking the ball. I still think he's a fine, like number two or number three receiver, which is what he would be. If Rashad Bateman's healthy. That's why I said coming into the year, like Bateman is the key to unlocking this offense. Like, Marquise Brown is not an alpha receiver. Sammy Watkins has never been an alpha receiver, but it's a lot to put on Bateman, right? As a rookie that missed a bunch of practice time. um, We haven't really seen anyone do that. Sands Odell Beckham, you know, Beckham coming in there and like crushing it. They'll talk about Beckham, current version of Beckham in a second, but yeah, Beckham, like no training camp time comes in cold, immediate instant impact player, immediate superstar player, his rookie year. Like, I don't think Bateman is going to do that because it's just tough to project anybody to do that. But I think he's that good of a prospect. Like, I think from a technical standpoint, he was ready to be on the NFL field in 2020. I think he is a guy who reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen, reminds me a lot of Justin Jefferson from a prospect standpoint. Like he should, he's the type of guy that's going to get out there on curls, on digs, on slants and just get separation to get open because he's that kind of technical player. And they've not had anybody like that. Dalton, they've not had anybody like that for Lamar since he's been there. And, you know, I've been saying for the last few weeks, it makes a hell of a difference for Lamar to just go from throwing to Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin (laughs) and the husk of Des Bryant to going to throwing from Mar- to Marquise Brown and even Sammy frickin' Watkins because Watkins sure. is like what an a, a near average starting receiver. Imagine if Bateman is that good. Imagine if Bateman is totally. a, a, a friend like if he has a Justin Jefferson season again. That's a, that's a lot to ask. I'm not saying he's going to have that, but like especially from a statistical standpoint, he's not going to do that. But just like the ter- in terms of immediately being that good right away that you can be the top receiver on your team. There is still an even higher ceiling for this Baltimore offense to get to, and I think Bateman's the key to doing that. So I would add him wherever, like to any team, 12 teams, 
10 teams, you might as well because Jackson's playing that good right now and Bateman could help actually push it to the next level. One final thing I'll add is much I'll give Brown a hard time. He did, I believe, have eight touchdowns his last eight regular season games yes. before last week. So he'd been producing, but Bateman even has more upside, more yes. of the route, tr- the full route tree. And then I'll end it with saying that Justin Tucker is a great man. Justin Tucker, what a legend. What a stud. Legend. Um, best kick- legend, best, man. Off the, yeah. off the crossbar. I mean, crazy, man. You couldn't tell if that was going forward or backward. Insane in a fourth and 19 on that play. Uh, delay of game that should have been called. Just wild. How crazy is it that he yeah, the, the longest field goal in NFL history, and on the same day, another kick was attempted even longer in that 108-yarder by uh, our, our buddy Urban Meyer. But, uh, yeah, Justin Tucker, <laughs> uh, crazy. Our good pal Urban Meyer. Yeah, Marquise Brown's seen 56. 6.5% of his targets from the slot this year. That's good. That's where he should line up. And I think once Bateman's there, like that'll push Brown to being more of an interior receiver, which is good. That's where he should be. He's like a number two receiver, number two, number three type of guy that can be a big speed threat. Like he's going to be volatile. Bateman's not a volatile player. Uh, Brown will always be a vol. like literally from a fantasy standpoint and from a real life standpoint, he's a fine player. He's going to make the passing offense a little bit better if he's out there doing his thing from a vertical sense and from like a speed after the catch sense. But Bateman should, yeah, obviously be the guy there. Go, moving forward to talk about the current version of Odell Beckham, Cleveland is a top five offense in DVOA. They're first in rushing uh, DVOA. They're 10th in passing. That's great. I want to talk about Odell Beckham. <laughs> I Beckham out looked pretty good out there, Dalton, uh, in, in his season debut here in week three. Yeah, so in my stat Whopper, that one game, he'd rank third on the season in Whopper. So he they treated him like a you know wow. like a real number one. Yes, I know. You know who's number one in Whopper this season is unsurprisingly, but it's still funny to see is Brandon Cooks. I mean, he, he oh, really yeah. is just getting all the looks there. But so so Beckham, that is super encouraging how he looked. You're right, past the eye test. This week, you know, indoors in a game with a high over-under, even though Minnesota and Cleveland both run slow paces. So yeah, I'm like tempted to use them in DFS. I'm firing them up in lineups with confidence. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. What did you see, man? Yeah, I mean, from an like you mentioned, from an opportunity standpoint, it was all there. It wasn't there were no like limited, which is so funny that you know he obviously wow. was coming back slow or or whatever. But thirty four routes run, the most on the team, nine targets. Like there were no limitations to the player. Pretty decent from an air yards per target perspective too. Sixteen air yards per target uh, for Odell Beckham. So. I, and I think he looked great. I think he looked so good from just like a separation standpoint. You know, there was um, him and Baker had a backfield, con- like a back, a back shoulder connection. That was great to see because, of course, everybody thinks they can't. Beckham and Mayfield can't possibly have chemistry, which is like the stone worst narrative in the NFL. I want Beckham to thrive just to cr- crush that narrative for, for one. And. I think he's going to make this offense better because, you know, they're not throwing to any receivers right now. You know, they're throwing to receivers. I think at least coming into that game, they were throwing to receivers at the worst, like the lowest rate in the NFL. But it's like, of course they were. Jarvis Landry's on IR. Donovan Peoples-Jones, like I love Rashard Higgins from like a story standpoint because he was like a a late round guy. But Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, like Anthony Schwartz, these guys are not volume suckers Beckham is a guy that's going to command you to throw the football to him and I think he looked good I think the explosiveness was there probably the extra like time to ramp up to be ready to take contact is a huge it was was good for him long term and yeah I love the matchup this week against the Vikings even if they kind of run at a slower pace these two teams the Vikings offense has been great through the first few weeks Kirk Cousins 
I don't know whether he's doing it from his little uh, plexiglass bubble or whatever that he said he was going to put himself in, but stay, keep doing it because he's looking great. So here's the thing about Beckham. He has a quarterback getting 9.8 YPA throwing to him right now. I mean, the game scripts are going to be more favorable. The last two just have not called for a lot of passes. Mayfield somehow has only two touchdown passes on the year, despite that efficiency. I mean, that is a superstar level. No one finishes even that high. I mean, you know, his quarterback's back, you know, was used to Eli throwing him the ball. So I think Beckham, oh. if he's healthy with Mayfield, with Landry uh, down, I mean, the setup is pretty good there. We'll see if he can stay healthy. But yeah, interesting, uh, interesting what's going on there in Cleveland. This should be a fun game. Cousins playing super, super well. And yep. um, yeah, I mean, totally. Dalvin be, Cook sounds like he's going to be back. Yeah, this game should be is one I'm looking most forward to. A total coin flip, too. I don't feel strongly on either side at all oh, in yeah. this one. Same. So rest of season. I know this is tough because Beckham's like such an injury risk still. Even if he's healthy now, he's an injury risk. But let's just say hypothetically, the Beckham that played in week three plays the rest of the season. Like at that version in this Browns offense, like rest of season rankings, where where would you have him? So receivers loaded if you look at the weekly loaded, rankings. Yeah. I mean, there's so many guys have come have jumped up. You know, DJ Moore looks like a superstar now. You know, yep. so so many Mike Williams, Mike Williams is you have to rank him top ten. I mean, there's so many uh, names that's off the top of my head, but I haven't ranked 18th for this week. I like the matchup, but I mean I could see somewhere in between 15 and 20, you know, right there. What do you think? Somewhere around there? Like definite top 24. Definite top 24. Okay. Would you rather have Jamar Chase or Odell Beckham the rest of the season? Uh, that's a great question. I guess just because of the injury concern, Chase. But I mean, he's yeah. you know, he's on pace for like a, a, a lot more touchdown catches per catch than, than sustainable. But um, uh, yes. yeah, I'd lean the rookie though because of the Higgins. You know, he's already I believe ruled out for this week. So I'd lean yes. Chase. But that's a great question, and they're very very close in the same tier for me. That's that's kind of why I asked too. They'd be in the same tier for me. And uh, yeah, no, I think it's I think it's an interesting one. But yeah, Beckham to me definitely looks like a buy. Like if. I don't I doubt that whoever is rostering Beckham would want to trade him just because like you waited for it and like you got a pretty decent return in 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 week three, but he's still a guy that I think could be undervalued. He was undervalued in drafts to me coming into this year, and I'm I was excited to see the debut. I think he is definitely gonna have a good year the rest of the rest of the way. Before we preview Thursday night football, just one more stat to go through here and, and I kinda have a weird take on on this one. Top five in yards after contact per attempt. Kareem Hunt. Peyton Barber, Nick Chubb, James Robinson, and Derrick Henry. Uh, one of these things doesn't look like the other. That's Peyton Barber, by the way. Obviously, we got two <laughs> we got two Browns backs here. James Robinson kind of starting to turn his season around quietly. Uh, we'll talk about him when we talk Thursday Night Football. And obviously, Derrick Henry uh, is Derrick Henry. Peyton Barber, though, Peyton Barber has he did 26 touches last week did very well with them but in a weird way Dalton the fact that Peyton Barber has produced so well in this offense and the fact that Kenyon Drake like for whatever reason they gave him 11 million dollars to literally be like (laughs) their Cordero Patterson West I guess is what they wanted Kenyon Drake to be and good congrats you you got it um the fact that Kenyon Drake's like not going to play running back for them and Peyton Barber is thriving in this role Almost makes me excited for like kind of wanting to buy Josh Jacobs whenever, if and when he comes back. Hate the Drake. Yeah, it's, I believe he's the highest paid backup running back in the league. And then the starter goes down and you don't change his role. It's he's not even a backup. Yeah, it's this I thing. Mean, like, he's yeah, not even a backup right. running back. He's like a weirdo gadget player for them. It makes no sense. <laughs> The Raiders pace is way up this year. Uh, Carr leads the world in passing yards. Uh, Henry Ruggs is forcing the defense to respect him over the top. I mean, 
it's an interesting offense. I was wrong on them. Uh, maybe they're playing a bit over their head, but it's super uh, encouraging. Um, so yeah, if, if Josh Jacobs continues to miss time and he's dealing with apparently pretty painful, like what turf toe, but he's always have something. It seems like dating always back to college yeah. too. So, so Peyton Barber is one of those guys you're just keeping on your roster. And anytime Josh, Josh Jacobs is out, it looks like he's going to be a plug and play flex at minimum just because of that volume. And yeah, he's breaking tackles now too. I mean, I don't know about that stat, but I mean, I mean, do are you yeah. taking this much? I mean, what do you make of this? You know, the broken tackle stuff. I just think it, it's that Barber's playing well. You know, like he put pl- he played well Healthy. last week. That's basically right. what I mean. Yeah, you know, sure. like that. But totally. but what it does it makes me like kind of think about Josh Jacobs though from from that standpoint because. Like, the Raiders don't have a good offensive line. They're 29th in adjusted line yards. We know that they teared that unit down. Like, Derek Carr is doing a lot of what he's doing under pressure right now, and that's good for Derek Carr. Like, that's a good good sign that he's he can sus- not quite sustain this pace, uh, but will sustain his strong level of play, uh, if that makes any sense, what I just said. But um, I do think that it, it makes me think, oh, well, Josh Jacobs was a guy I was kind of fading this year because Kenyon Drake was signed, and I thought that might eat into the workload there. But he's not eating into the workload. The fact that Peyton Barber has 26 touches and Kenyon Drake just gets stuck in his same role, when Josh Jacobs comes back, he has that 26 touch upside, you know, on an offense that's really great right now. And I, I don't I don't think Barber will be a factor when when Jacobs oh, comes no, yeah. back. They'll just turn him into the bell cow immediately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In a way, it makes me kind of want to like if if Jacobs. I don't know if he's going to play this week or or however however long he's he's out for. It kind of makes me want to make like a a pre trade for him in a way because if we still think this offense is going to be good and we clearly see that Jacobs is going to take over this bar- barber role, it seems like he's a guy that could end up being a good bet the rest of the way. No, I hear you. Ironically, as long as that injury doesn't linger, it could his value could have been rising over the past two weeks. But while he's missing games, because part of the reason I was down on him as well is, yeah, I didn't love the environment. And now the Raiders offense looks great and the pace up and Drake taking no carries at all. Never going to catch a ton of balls, Jacobs. But he scored a dozen touchdowns in a disappointing year last season. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave yeah. him so much volume in the red zone. So, yeah, because the Raiders look really so, so intriguing offensively, a healthy Jacobs be treated like a workhorse. And, yeah, he could really be very 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 valuable fantasy wise down the stretch yeah that makes sense all right let's talk thursday night football uh big big time matchup here (laughs) jaguars versus Bengals. dalton uh the line right now is i believe well number one it's a it's a 45 and a half uh point total so it's not a particularly high scoring game the Bengals are seven and a half point home favorites that makes sense to me you know i think the most interesting thing to talk about with this game is that the Bengals have suddenly become like the one of the most run heavy teams in the entire NFL. Um, they're top five in run play percentage. Uh, Joe Mixon is second in the NFL in touches right now. I think he's probably, if you're making single game daily fantasy lineups, um, he's probably the favorite for the superstar spot there on Yahoo fantasy. And yeah, it's, it's, what do you make of this philosophical switch? Cause all of us basically in the fantasy community were talking about them as one of the most pass happy teams in the NFL. And that's why you got to buy, buy, buy all these receivers and buy Joe Burrow as a QB one. But the, some, the efficiency has been there for Burrow. His touchdown rate is really high. Uh, he's throwing the deep ball a little bit better now that Jamar Chase is there. But the volume has not been there for this team. 
it is, you know, they added a chase early too, so you expected it to really let it fly. But um, I think the one argument could be that it's plausible is just that he's recovering from those ser- such serious knee surgery. It was not just the yeah. ACL, but it's a few other things. So they're just trying to take it easier on him, which does make sense. So uh, you said the efficiency yeah. is is so encouraging too. So hopefully Higgins gets uh gets healthy, man. He was uh, ready for a really breakout, but um. Yeah, Chase looks fantastic. All those drop balls are a thing of the past. Uh, Mixon looks good and is staying healthy. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's encouraging otherwise. But I hear you as far as the, the volume. Um, most people were drafting Burrow expecting essentially the opposite of what's happened. Yeah, exactly. And it, like I said, I, I think that it's great to see the efficiency there. And, and overall, like at some point, I agree with you that most of what they're doing right now has probably been to protect Joe Burrow. It almost makes me wonder if Mixon is like potentially a sell high candidate because his passing game involvement has steadily ticked down uh, each of the past three games, like in terms of target share. And last week without T Higgins, that target share still stick ticked down. Do you think Mixon might be a guy like if you I don't know if you have him on any teams. I don't really think I drafted very much of him because I preferred Najee Harris in that kind of same range. Um, what is your what's your what's your kind of stance on Mixon going forward? Well, I don't have a ton of him, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm regretting it. As you said, second in touches. I think it comes down to health with him. He's struggled in the past, but maybe that was overrated um, if you could look at it in that lens. And he's so young still in his prime. So I would say I'm jealous that I don't have more Joe Mixon. I think he looks like pretty locked and loaded. Is You know, I'm kind of a borderline top five fantasy back if you look at the rest of the landscape. But I hear you as far as like the workload, maybe. And it hasn't quite been the targets you expected with Gio Bernard gone. But still, otherwise, man, it's pretty encouraging. Yeah, it's pretty encouraging. You'd have to get quite an offer to sell him high, I think, basically, is is what you're saying. The receivers coming into this game last week without T. Higgins, and T. Higgins is going to miss this game. <laughs> Damn, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase combined. It was only for eight, on 18 Joe Burrow pass attempts, so keep that in mind. But they were 60% of the team's passing targets all to themselves. Uh, Jamar Chase at 26 bucks, or, or Tyler Boyd at 19 bucks. Which of these two do you prefer against a horrific Jaguars secondary. I am going with Chase because of the Yahoo half point PPR. I could see Boyd in full PPR, but Chase is such a touchdowns just matter most in, in Yahoo. And uh, Chase is the guy. Chase is playing, uh, proving to be capable of that. And to think it was funny, uh, I uh, I argued, you know, saying, oh, it's not a crazy poll, but it's just funny the preseason poll of Marquez Callaway versus Jamar Chase. And it was about 50 50 on Twitter. And now, you know, one's oh dropped God. in every league and the other is, uh, yeah. you know, looks like a, a but, you know, talking about maybe getting in some. Rookie of the year tickets on him with all the quarterbacks struggling so much, but he's not, he's going to regress some. He's not going to catch a touchdown every three and a half catches, but uh, it's been quite impressive. And if you, uh, I would take him over Boyd uh, if you ask me in Yahoo DFS. Just a little PSA for um, preseasons of future years. You can bet on the top five ultra talented receiver like growing from the preseason much more than you can bet on the nobody undrafted free agent, like carrying over his preseason performance. Just, just a tip for future preseasons. Just, just a little PSA there. Just, just saying that Um, when it comes to the Jaguars, dude, Trevor Lawrence, it's been pretty bad. Like you can't really script a worse career start for Trevor Lawrence than what um, he has. I've been railing on the whole Urban Meyer thing, the fact that they put this BS like quarterback competition with current Eagles third stringer uh, Gardner Minshew on with Trevor Lawrence. Like the fact that they didn't just get Trevor Lawrence in the building and like make him the QB one and give him every single rep the entire summer. I think that's kind of coming back to bite them a little bit. But I mean, most of Trevor Lawrence's mistakes have been under pressure right now. He ranks 33rd 
by the way, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. Ranks 33rd with a minus 0.22 adjusted yards per attempt when he's under pressure. He's thrown four of his picks under pressure. Um, and in that way, actually, the Bengals have kind of been an like sneaky been an okay defense. I know they just faced the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger last week, but they rank 11th in sack rate right now, top five in quarterback hits. Like this is not necessarily a perfect get right script for Trevor Lawrence in this offense, but where are you at with the Jaguars heading into this game? Fourth in defensive DVOA, the Bengals right now. Number two yeah, against the run, surprising. number eight against the pass. I mean, they're playing they're playing well. Uh, Jacksonville took like a total mess. Bengals are consideration at $18, but the same salary as James Robinson is tough for that. But, yeah. I mean, you're going to put a couple of lineups in there. You have to have the Bengals for sure because, of, I mean, we saw Meyer throw that awful pick six on that flea flicker last week. Uh, sorry, Lawrence. Um, but, um, yeah. the uh, It's okay. It's any a, any Jaguars no. mistake, just, just, just yeah, exactly. say Urban Meyer and it's fine. You'll, yeah, you'll totally, get no pushback. It's, it's in my head. Every week they're playing. It's like playing Alabama. <laughs> but, um, I uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mess. And I still expect Lawrence to play better moving forward, but it has been far worse than anyone could have foreseen. I mean, it, plenty of people saw some some potholes here and there, but man, this has been an utter disaster, as you said. Just the stone worse. You look at all you know, the CPOE; he's the last, and all that completion percentage above expectation. It's just it's been an ugly start for both the rookie head coach and rookie QB. Yeah, and I mean James Robinson. I mentioned he's kind of turning his season around from like a, a routes run, a pass catching perspective, a, a carries perspective. Um, I don't really see him being too great of an option in this game just because the Bengals have been a pretty good defense and, you know, Jaguars seven and a half point dogs in this spot. Like that's not necessarily the spot you'd want to use James Robinson, but, and then the receivers are kind of straightforward, right? Like Marvin Jones, I don't expect that usage to change. He's 17 bucks. Very appealing. I think he's a good value. DJ Chark, you know, is going to be a volatile guy, but 15 bucks, pretty good value. And like, any temptation for any cheapie at all here, like LaVisca Chenault, 13 bucks and his like, two yard a dot or whatever or, or yeah. dan arnold off you know he's gonna like apparently play this week they just traded for this guy that is another wild trade yeah what was just last year cj henderson henderson was like a top 10 pick uh it's just it's interesting um to say the least uh chenault uh i think the salary is appropriate because of the half ppr you know for for, for chenault so um james robinson i will say uh, this matchup, not great. Bengals, like I just said, number two against the run in DVOA, but very encouraging moving forward. He's you know, kind of assuming some of that ETN role. It looked like, uh, uh-oh, is it going to be a straight split with Carlos Hyde, former OSU guy with Meyer? No, it does look like at least uh, of all the, the, the problems in Jacksonville, it looks like James Robinson is going to be a fine RB2 for you moving forward. Yeah, I think that's encouraging. Yeah, I could I could see this game going multiple ways, but I do feel really good about the Bengals in this spot. The Jaguars defense, yeah. we can say for sure, is one of the absolute worst in the NFL. But yeah, it sounds like you and I, Dalton, are on the same page with how you want to kind of construct lineups in this week. Joe Mixon in the uh, in the superstar spot and figure the rest out. Yeah, I got could see like four Bengals and then just one one comeback with the with the with Jacksonville. I could see this being a blowout. Bengals are tough though too because like after Tyler Boyd at nineteen. Who are I know, you playing there? Stuff. You know, I know you're right. Yeah, you got to get creative. Yeah, for sure. No, like no. CJ Uzoma uh, is third on the team in routes run, but he's got five targets at tight end there. Yeah. Auden Tate, is this the Auden Tate game? I I don't know. I don't <laughs> know about all that, but yeah, you could get you could get creative with some of these lower tiered guys. But I think there's enough salary flexibility if you leave out Burrow to go back to like okay, the the Jaguars are just straight chasing points. You've got Lawrence and then his top two receivers in Chark and, and Jones uh, to go along with Chase and Mixon. If you want to go that direction, that is one. Uh, These primetime games have been have been so good too, Matt. The primetime games open this season, but we might uh, we might have a stinker on our hands for this one. But uh, that's why that's what DFS is made for, right? 
Yes, that is what that is why we play DFS to make uh to make these Jaguars, Bengals, barn burners at least pretty interesting. But you know, we went right. almost the whole pod. We went the whole pod, uh, Matt. I was at the game Sunday night. I mean, I saved everyone till the end. But the Niners, what a what a game! But man, that was rough to watch Aaron Rodgers in person just rip my heart apart right there. Pretty pretty sick performance though. But yeah, man, there's been some fun primetime games, and and our 49ers are just uh, remain as frustrating yeah. uh, fantasy wise as can be. You know, they have like 11 touchdowns by and all by a different player. <laughs> yeah, that's not I ideal for that. fantasy. God almighty. And none of them are George Kittle. None of those oh, 11 wow, players are George that Kittle. Tidbit. Yeah, good call. Yeah, that wow. Or yeah, or Mostert. Wow. Jeez. Crazy. Yeah, pretty pretty tough. Uh yeah, so actually we've got, you know, we're almost to an hour here. We should probably shut the hell up. But I will we got to do our weekly Niners check-in Dalton. And I do want to just catch what's your pulse with the with the Niners right now? Like where are you at? How how uh, much longer can you stand your your bobblehead Jimmy G? Uh, being back there, uh, what's what's what are your thoughts? It's time, man. Uh, if they have, if they want to win a Super Bowl, let's let's see a quarterback that can throw the ball uh, on the outside and can move. Uh, uh, Jimmy G, man. Um, yeah, I, I, Trey Lance time. I'm ready for Trey Lance whenever uh, Shanahan is. That, that's what I'll say. That's what I told you last week, man. Is like they're not winning. They're not beating teams like the Packers, and they were close. Nope. But I think a lot of a lot of calls went their way uh, from an officiating standpoint. And but they didn't play. They couldn't play that style of football that I mentioned last week against the Packers. They couldn't do it, so they had to kind of open things up. And Jimmy's just the worst type of quarterback that he's like. He's conservative, has a like a happy trigger finger with comes to get the ball out, but like he also is mistake prone, stone worst type of quarterback. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. yeah, that is really the worst. So. You know what's funny though? When real quick, sorry, when Lance came in at the goal line, they had to put all these stuff on the signs like quiet the off because the crowd got so excited he could barely yeah. hear. So I mean, <laughs> poor Jimmy on the sideline. Wonder what he feels like, you know, in the crowd erupts when he when he runs off the field. If I can say one good thing about Jimmy, I did like I I, I joked about this at the time. I like that he went to no huddle as soon as they got uh, down there near the goal line because he's like, no no no, we're we're not, we're not huddling up because uh, Trey is not coming in here for this touchdown. This is gonna be me. Um, but I I will say one nice thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. I appreciate him throwing a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, by the way, who does look like he's all the way back, like from a routes run snap perspective. Um, yep. I think we're back in. Yep. We're back in business with Brandon Ayuk as much as we can be back in business on a Jimmy Garoppolo-led offense. The ceiling's just not there, especially for a guy like Ayuk, who's more of a downfield player. But Jimmy looks good, though, with his, like, he's starting to gray a little bit in his, <laughs> in, like, the side there. And I actually didn't even realize Jimmy Garoppolo is younger than me. Um, <laughs> tough scene. I'm I'm aging Dalton before our very eyes, uh, and and Jimmy Garoppolo is starting to get his little grays in there. He looks good, looks good with the grays. So I'll say that for Jimmy. Yeah, the man is handsome. Number ten, he's a perfect ten on the looks department. I, I can't argue with you there. If only his QB skills matched his uh, his his handsomeness. Well, number ten, he's a ten. He's a perfect ten. He can also probably only throw ten yards down the field accurately. So <laughs> there we go. There, p- perfect circle there. All right, that if that is not a signal that we need to end the podcast, that is a signal we need to end the podcast. I don't know what is. All right, that's going to do it for us. But we'll keep the conversation going on Twitter, of course. Follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. If you want fantasy analysis and news updates from the entire team, which of course you do give a follow to at Yahoo fantasy. We got a lot of great podcasts here under the Yahoo sports umbrella. Pam Maldonado has a couple of hot off the presses over under picks for the weekend football slate. She also continues her hot streak in NFL survival pool sections with a team that is 
on a two game skid. I'm interested in that. I'm in a survivor league and uh, I came off picking the Raiders last week. So that was, I don't want anything that stressful within my life ever again. So maybe I need to give a listen to the show. If you want to hear them, check out Yahoo sports book daily on Apple podcasts or Spotify. All right. Dalton will be back tomorrow with a preview of Sunday's NFL games with Liz Loza. But until then we are out. <laughs>